Hit well into center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here. Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run. At the plate is Mike Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Final regular season edition of the Angels Recap Podcast as we welcome you here to our 91st edition of the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush. Happy to be with you as the Angels wrap up this week in Texas, then three games in Seattle, and that's it for the 2021 season. Here's what we got on the show today. We're going to hear from Mike Trout. Mike and I had a conversation a couple of days ago. We'll share that with you uh, here on the pod. Also, we'll get to some of Shohei Otani's comments after his last start on Sunday in a game the Angels lost to the surging Seattle Mariners. Shohei pitched extraordinarily well. Seven one-run innings, but got a no decision in that game. We'll talk about Shohei Otani. Otani also made some comments afterwards, as I was alluding to just a moment ago. We will hear those comments and I, I think explain some of the further context of those. I think sometimes when you read them in a newspaper and you see headlines and some people write stories that uh, may be thinking one way or another, uh, I think sometimes uh, it's best to get the full context of what he said there and make your own decision uh, as to uh, what you heard. And then we'll hear from Joe Madden as well talking about some of that. On top of that, uh, I want to get into David Fletcher's season for a bit. We've talked a lot about his gold glove ability and that I think that he should be a gold glover this year. I'll also explain why sometimes the offensive metrics don't really favor David Fletcher, yet he did some things uh, pretty well this year. So I I just kind of want to talk about that as we try to figure out uh, what this Angels team is going to look like moving forward. Obviously, a lot of decisions have to be made. There are going to be changes. I mean, that's the one thing that I have really learned being in this business. When you work in professional sports. Um, If you don't win, things don't stay the same. Changes happen until you find a way to start winning. And I would fully expect the Angels to do that this upcoming offseason. You know what's so interesting about this offseason in particular? You look at the area where the Angels, I think, have some needs right now. Obviously, the pitching has got to be first and foremost. Starting pitching and relief pitching. I think one of the answers to relief pitching could be somebody that's already here in Rysel Iglesias and trying to find a way there. It's just got to be at a dollar that makes sense, but Rysel Iglesias has been phenomenal this year. The Angels are 63-0 and when leading after eight innings. That is outstanding to be that good. And the Angels have been dominant in one-run games. Uh, you know, Rysel Iglesias has had so many saves this year. There, there are so many good things about what Rysel Iglesias brings. You just want to see him get some other support in the Angels' bullpen. I think some of that can come internally. There are some players in the minor leagues now that are coming up that I, I think you know maybe at some point next season we could see some of them. But there's got to be some external answers as well, both in the bullpen and, of course, in the starting rotation. A lot of changes have 
Matthew made the starting rotation. I think first and foremost, getting healthy is the biggest part of that. I think Patrick Sandoval could play a big role next year. I'd be interesting to see what kind of role Alex Cobb is going to have next season if he ends up coming back to the Angels the way he has pitched his last five starts. Um, I think he's made himself a lot of money. He's been banged up a lot of this season too, though. So that's something that I think teams are going to be considering uh, with uh, Alex Cobb on the free agent market. Maybe he comes back. Maybe he doesn't. Um, you know, if the dollar makes sense, I would like to see Alex Cobb come back to the Angels because he is a pitcher that I think brings a lot of value both on the field and off the field. I think he's big in the room, and I think that he can help some of these young guys develop a little bit further. I don't know if it'd be the worst thing in the world if Reed Detmer started next season in AAA, get him a little bit more time, a little bit more time to grow and mature. I, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world, but when I'm looking at the major league rotation, Suarez for me is, is maybe a bubble guy, but if you're looking at three right now, I'd say the three guys, I guess I, I would say four, in, in Shohei Otani, in Patrick Sandoval, Jose Suarez, and then Alex Cobb, you look at that group and be like, okay, if you get two more starters this offseason, front-end guys, you have a chance for this rotation to actually be pretty good. Yes, Max Scherzer is available. He's going to be a free agent. Um, what's the dollar going to be on Max Scherzer? It's going to be astronomical, understandably so. Uh, Robbie Ray is a free agent. He's had an unbelievable year for the Toronto Blue Jays. There are a handful of guys out there that are front end. Maybe end up trading some pieces to try to get, maybe it's a Luis Castillo uh, with Cincinnati. Maybe it's a Herman Marquez in Colorado. I know that you know the Rockies have talked about, hey, they're not moving Marquez. That was the deal at the deadline. They weren't going to do it. Well, maybe things change in the offseason. We'll see how that comes uh, to fruition. On top of all of this, let's not forget the CBA might end up playing a pretty big role in how things shake out in free agency. I wouldn't expect anything to happen in November. I think teams are going to stand totally quiet in November, at least until the new CBA gets done. It expires December 1st. That's when the the new uh, league year starts, and I I, I don't expect anything to happen until then. I, I think December 1st is the very beginning of when we could see some moves start to be made on that front. Um, I, again, I, and I don't think that's not just an Angels thing. I think that's across baseball. I don't think we're going to see a thing until after December 1st. That is if it gets done. You don't want to see a stoppage. You don't want to see um, any kind of lockout or any of those. You, you want a deal to get done. Everybody's rooting for that. Who knows what's going to happen? I, I, I have a feeling um, November could get ugly. It's okay if November gets ugly. If there's a month to be ugly, the month to be ugly would be November. Okay, let it be ugly in November. Get it done by December. Get it done by the start of the season is the most important thing. So, you know, there are a lot of different things being discussed um, here. <laughs> a lot is going to be changing in Major League Baseball. Rule changes um, on the field. I think some off-field policies are going to be impacted here. I think there's going to be a change in the update to the health and safety protocols. All of that taking into account, um, it, it's going to make for a very interesting labor negotiation, and that is going to play a role on free agency. And I think what it really would mean is that it's just pushed back a little bit. And the winter meetings slated to be the first week in December. Um, you know, I don't think there's going to be winter meetings if there's not a, a labor deal in place. So you got to get that all together, um, and that's December 1st. And it, it does seem like, as ugly as things were in 2020, it does seem like at least lately things have gotten a little bit better. Um, it was in a really bad place for a while last year, but it does 
does seem like things are coming uh, together a little bit. Who knows how ugly this thing's going to get. Um, for me, I just don't want to see baseball impacted. That's that's the biggest thing, and at least um, there is some time to get that done so you can feel pretty good on that front. So on top of the pitching, I think some other areas the Angels may want to consider looking. Um, I, I think first, obviously, the shortstop situation is you got to get a shortstop. And I think the, the dilemma here that you run into is you have uh, you, hey, a lot of money's coming off the books with Albert Poole's contract. But you're also trying to weigh, like, how much of that do you want to spend on pitching? How much of that do you want to spend on bringing in a shortstop and, and weighing that? There are some really quality shortstops out there. Personally, I would value elite defense over elite offense if I'm looking at that group of shortstops. Here's the thing. Of the top guys, all of them give you both. So all of them you feel really good about in your infield. You feel really good about in your lineup. I think the Angels lineup when healthy is elite. But we now know that when it's not healthy, you know, what what it then becomes, the depth gets tested and this Angels offense has had a really hard time scoring especially here in September. So, do you completely rule out the idea of trying to add a bat? I don't think so. The reality is the Angels need both. They need more starting pitching and they need a shortstop and somebody that you can really depend on as an anchor there at shortstop. I think you feel really good about David Fletcher as a defensive second baseman. I don't care what the fielding metrics say. That guy makes plays. That guy's a gold glover at second base. You feel great about that. You want uh, an equal counterpart on the other side of the infield. And with Anthony Rendon over there, the Angels could have a very plus infield. If you go Walsh, Fletcher, Anthony Rendon, and then have one of these top shortstops, wow. That is, that is a, an in-your-face, scary good kind of infield that you could have. And that's, that's an infield that you could have of four players that are all all-star caliber. That you feel outstanding about. If it ends up happening, do the Angels then decide, oh, wait a minute, we got to spend every dollar we can on pitching so that maybe we go to a middle-tier shortstop that maybe is, a, is good defensively. <laughs> you know, It's funny, the name that pops up when you go that route, Andrelton Simmons pops up. Um, I don't know if, if that ends up being an answer. Um, you know, Simba did not have the greatest year in Minnesota, and we, we know his last year with the Angels was, was tough, and he dealt with injuries. So I, I, don't, I don't know, and he's not getting any younger, but we know how great of a defensive player he is. So I don't know how the Angels go on that front. But there are a lot of really quality shortstops available out there, but they're going to be expensive. How expensive? Well, you think that Correa and Story are probably going to drive the biggest buck there. Um, you know, I would like to think that um, Javi Baez would be a little bit less. I'd like to think that Simeon could end up being a little bit less. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But there are great shortstops available on the free agent market, and there's pretty good starting pitching available on the free agent market, too. The Angels need both. How do they get both? You either got to spend an absolute crazy amount of money or – Maybe you try to find ways to move some pieces that you already have in your system that are big league ready now or close to big league ready that you end up maybe having to trade to try to get somebody um, that can provide value to you in your starting rotation or at the shortstop position. That that might be the route the Angels have to go there. And I would say that there's probably more, I think it's probably easier to get it done in free agency for a shortstop. And I think there's more options to get it done by trading for starting pitching. 
And, and that's not to say that you know it's easy to trade for starting pitching. You're going to have to give up players you really like to go get front-end starting pitching. Teams do not like giving up front-end starting pitching. That's why it's so important to draft and develop. So the Angels would need to go maybe make a trade, go acquire somebody, maybe acquire two guys, and then also have the players that are in the system now continue to develop and progress and get to the point where they can contribute at the major league level. All of that, I think, is really important just to kind of weigh into account for what this Angels team is going to look like in 2022. Okay, I want to get to these comments. This is what Shohei Otani said on Sunday. Now, I just want to keep this in mind. Let's just go for a little context here with Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani trying to get that 10th win, back-to-back outings. He's been dominant. Eight innings, two earned runs against Oakland, no decision. Seven innings, one earned run against Seattle, no decision. In fact, he's had 12 no decisions this year. In those 12, he's given up two runs or less in 10 of them. He's gone at least five innings in nine of them, and in no decisions this year. 63 innings, 21 earned runs. That's a 3 ER rate. And that is including the start in New York where he gave up 7 earned in two-thirds of an inning. So Shohei has been really good this year and maybe he hasn't gotten enough credit for that. He's 9-2, and two, but in 23 starts, he's got two losses. So Otani has been outstanding all season long. There's no question about it. He's the MVP. Um, but he was asked if he feels like the Angels are a place where he can win. And this is what Otani had to say about that. Mm, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. Um, we were putting up a good fight through like uh, July, August. We're sticking around 500, waiting for the guys to come back. And that was our motivation, but... The guys didn't come back, so it was hard to keep that motivation up. So, I mean, if it's if the, nothing changes on the team, I think it's going to be pretty hard to um, be in the playoff contention race. Shoei is exactly right. If things don't change, it is going to be hard to get this team into playoff contention. Everybody's saying that. Joe Madden's been saying that. Mike Trout has been saying that. Shoei Otani is saying that. And those are the three that have the greatest impact to do something about this. You know, I think that with Shohei's competitive edge and his fire, I love that from Shohei Otani. I think Trout has become a better leader in this time. We'll get to Trout in a moment. But I think Trout, in this time away, has become a better leader through this, and he's using his voice more. Had a conversation with Joe Madden about this, and that was one of the things that Joe was talking about. He's seen a notable change in Trout's leadership, his voice. And I think that part of it, too, and, and Joe was saying this, that he, he doesn't feel like he has to defer anymore. And sometimes I think maybe you defer out of respect just because you're, you're so kind and that's just the way that you think and you're a respectful person. I think that that's how Trout is. And Joe didn't say this part, but I will. I think maybe Albert Pujols not being in the clubhouse opens the door for that. I think that Trout would defer a little bit to Albert, respecting the legacy of Albert Pujols, respecting how great his career has been and what Albert has meant to the game of baseball. I think that Trout has always kind of deferred a little bit to Albert. I think with Trout, with Albert no longer in the room, I think that you know Trout is now that guy. Um, so I, I think that that might not be the worst thing in the world for Mike Trout as a leader, and that could be good for this team moving forward. Again, that's not a knock on Albert Pujols whatsoever. I just think that that opens the door for Trout to lead a little bit more. I, I think he's he's forced into that role. I think he has to now. He no longer has anyone to defer to. He has to lead. 
And I think that's been good for Mike Trout. And this time away, um, it, it hasn't really been away from the team. It's just been away from the field. He's still been at the facility every day. He's putting in the work, trying to get right. So I, I think that that is a good thing, and, he, and he's getting the lead more. Um, and then you have Joe Madden, who has a, a track record of turning things around, working on projects. Hey, when he got to Tampa Bay, what, he had 61 wins the first year, 66 the next. Then he goes to the World Series, AL Pennant the year after that, 97-win season in his third year. The Angels trying to create deja vu from what Joe did in Tampa Bay. Cubs are a little different story. I think he inherited that team that was already pretty good. They were you know, a 90-plus win season the first year, and, and then they went, won the World Series the next. So a little different situation in Chicago. But, but I think that the Angels' place right now is a lot better than where Tampa was when Joe took over uh, that team uh, in the uh, mid-2000s. So that's just something to, to kind of keep in mind as well. And Shoei was also asked to further explain some of those comments, and uh, he was asked a follow-up on if Otani really does want to stay with the Angels. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I really like the team. I love the fans. I love uh, the atmosphere of the team, but more than that, I mean, I want to win. That's the biggest thing for me. So, you know what's funny about that quote is that's the one that's gone all over the place, and I've seen it all over Twitter, and I've seen it in the newspaper. It's funny that the first word that he says, definitely. I mean, the question is, do you want to stay with the Angels? And his first word is definitely. That that part seemed to get left out of all the stories that I was reading the last couple of days. I don't know how that magically happened, but that, that first word definitely somehow was left out. Context, ladies and gentlemen, context. Yes, Shohei's frustrated. Yes, Mike Trout is frustrated. Yes, Joe Madden's frustrated. Yes, this Angels organization is frustrated. Yes, I'm frustrated. Everybody is. I know you are too. Everybody wants to see the team with this much talent get to that next level. They absolutely should. And if they're healthy, it's a totally different story this year. What I don't like is that people are somehow creating this sense that, that Otani wants out. That makes no sense to me. Especially when you just heard what he said right there. But Shohei saying that he's got to win here? Yeah, he does have to win here. He can do something about that. Mike Trout can do something about that. Anthony Rendon comes back healthy. He can do something about that. The Angels got to get pitching. The Angels pitching has to get better. Everybody knows that. And the Angels are going to work to do it. There are a few pieces that are here now that you're excited about. Guys that are coming up that are, that are maybe almost ready feel really good about some of the guys that are making their way to the major leagues. The Angels have drafted pitching. They're developing pitching. It's on its way. And now you're trying to capture that window. You're trying to capture the window of the pitching that's on its way with the veteran stars that you have and making sure they overlap to where they still can benefit and win a World Series. That's what the Angels are trying to do. They're trying to align those two windows and make it happen. When I read that Shohei Otani wants out, it almost makes me think that the person that wrote that story didn't even hear the quote. That that's the thing that gets me. We all want to see this team this team turn around. And Joe Madden has been at the forefront of that too. Hey, Joe Madden was the first one to say it. We talked about Joe's quotes last week. Things got to change here. And here's Joe on Tuesday talking about his reaction to the reaction to what Otani said. Yeah, I, I thought that we all feel the same way. We all want to win, and um, I think um, if anybody misconstrues that as though he wants to leave that's trying to connect some dots that weren't necessarily what he not at all what he had said he was just addressing the fact that he 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 wants to win I think he also mentioned how much he loves it here 
um, the, the inner sanctum, the clubhouse, the guys, the coaching staff, everything about it, the area of the fans. He loves them all. He's just talking. He's just, he's just uh, bending and saying everything, everything we're all thinking and wanting. We all want to win. We all want to get to the next level. And uh, we see it as uh, an absolute, um, not just a possibility, it's going to happen here in the very near future. So uh, that's just him expressing himself. Don't just highlight the fact uh, that he's saying that he wants to win, which we all do. Uh, don't forget all the platitudes that he mentioned regarding everything else, because I think that overrides, um, you know, just saying that he wants to win. And, and then somehow people connect that like he wants to leave. That's not what I heard. Yeah, that's not what I heard either. I'm on the same page as Joe on all of this. All right, let's pause for just a moment. We're going to hear from Mike Trout coming up uh, in a second. We talked about uh, what this season has been like for him this year, and, and it's been a tough one. No question about that. But first, let's pause for uh, just a brief moment for a word from our sponsors. All right, so just the other day, I had a chance to catch up with Mike Trout, talked about a lot of different things, um, but among them, just talking about what this year has been like and the struggle uh, that 2021 has been for Mike Trout, who played just 36 games this year. So now here is our chat with Mike Trout. Mike, obviously, this has been one of those seasons that things have been uh, tough for you, just trying, to, just trying to get on the field. I know, just say it briefly, but how would you describe just what the process has been like from the time you suffered your injury to just where you've gotten to right now? Yeah, it's been a grind. Um, it, it's been tough for me, uh, but now I look back, I'm, I'm learning from everything. You know, obviously, this was the biggest injury in my career. Um, you know, I have some in the past, but nothing, nothing as bad as this. Um, you know, it just came down to we were trying everything the last you know month and a half, trying to get back out there. Just, uh, just my calf wasn't and my body wasn't cooperating. That was coming out wrong, but um, <clears throat> you know, it's it was frustrating. But I uh, just ran out of time. and But now, you know, I took a, about a week, week and a half off, two weeks off, and uh, it's feeling a lot better, it's almost 100%, if not 100%. And I'm looking forward to, you know, having a healthy offseason and being able to train and, you know, keep that same routine. It seemed like there were some moments over the course of the season where it looked like you were hoping to be close to getting back. Uh, what were some of those times like? like? Did you ever feel like you were pretty close and, and maybe uh, just be a little further away than you thought? Yeah, I did. Um, you know, my mind and what I wanted uh, was telling me one thing and my body was telling me something else. So, you know, it was tough because I was, I was feeling really good doing the workouts and then the next day I was just really sore. You know, it, it would have been a tough, tough September for me. If You know, obviously in the race, it's been a lot different. Um, you know, there's things I could probably hopefully play through, maybe. Um, but, you know, I just got to a point where, you know, I still had to go on a rehab assignment and then it would put me, you know, a week and a half, two weeks left. It's just, uh, just looking at the whole, the bigger picture, you know, the, the smarter picture was just to, you know, get it right and get ready for spring training next year. It seemed like it just kind of ran out of time here on the course of this season. But with that being said, why was it so important to you to try to get back? Because, I mean, in August, I mean, we could have had this conversation, but why why did, did you try so hard to get back by the end of this year? Well, first of all, obviously my teammates being out there and competing with them, um, another thing is the fans. You know, I want to I want to go out there and put on a show for the fans. You know, they come to <clears throat> they come to the ballpark to see see us play, and uh, you know everything everything was back in the back of my mind trying to get back on that field, and it's just uh, it was just frustrating because I never dealt with this before. You know, I felt like you know I'd come in. This is the last part of the rehab. I'd come in, do a whole day's work, feel great, feel normal, and then the next day I'd just come in, just felt 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 bad. So. 
You know, that's the frustrating part because I thought I was so close. And, you know, I think if I would have went out there and tried to rehab, it would have been September where, you know, I've been playing one game, playing two games and off. You know, it would have been, been tough for me. So, like I said, the smarter thing for me is just, uh, you know, have a full, healthy offseason. And, you know, that, and once I told myself that because I was, you know, late August, early September, you know, it was just it was it was hard for me. You know, seeing my teammates going out there working hard every day and not being able to contribute, it was uh, probably one of the toughest moments of my career. So, you know, now now I'm realizing that, you know, I made a decision, you know, uh, a short time ago to just, you know, just shut it down. And, you know, it kind of relieved me a little bit because I was putting so much pressure on myself to go out there. And, you know, now I'm in a good place. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to, you know, a healthy offseason and, you know, get ready for next year. Mike, I can only guess the things you've thought about in the last three and a half months. But all that being said, was there maybe a thought that crossed your mind? Was there something I could have done to, to prevent this from happening? Did, was there anything you could have done? I mean, I looked back. I mean, I, I literally was, you know, it was a fly ball to left field. I think Walshy hit it, and I was probably going about 60%, 70%. I wasn't even sprinting. Um, and just, you know, it was just a freak thing. And I can't tell you one thing that was – set it off yeah. um but it was uh it was a weird weird injury for me because i didn't know what happened but uh you know it's i've had a lot of talks with the train uh, nev and uh lee all the trainers and you know it's just one of the things just happened you know i can't i couldn't tell you if if i did something before the game that did it I, I, i've done the same thing you know the whole the whole year so i don't know Mike also talked about what it's going to take for this Angels team to get to where he wants to be, and that is playing meaningful games in October, being in the postseason. And here's what Trout had to say about some of the things he's seeing with this group and what kind of confidence he has moving forward. This offseason is going to be big. You know, obviously got a lot of money to spend. You know, hopefully go out there and get some good guys. You know, I trust Perry. I trust the, the top guys, you know, in this organization. You know, we talk every day. Obviously, Skip is, you know, Put his word out there. What 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 he thinks needs to go needs to go in the right direction. And, you know, I'm very confident with the group up there. You know, they're uh, <clears throat> they're working hard every day. I see it. We all see it. You know, they're trying to put a winning team on the field. And you know, we, like I said, the biggest thing is you know staying healthy. When you lose your you know top four or five guys in the lineup, it's tough. But you know, it's you know, I was talking to somebody today about this. You know, obviously, you know, being hurt, um, it sucked. But being able to you know, I wanted to be out there with the guys, but being able to sit back and for what it's worth, you know, obviously sucks I got hurt, but being able to watch Shelly, what he's been doing is incredible. Um, you know, I, you kind of, once you're out there playing with him, you kind of just are going with the flow. You see him obviously home runs, but being able to sit back and just actually like take it all in, I think, you know, it's it's obviously he's the MVP, I think. Um, and, you know, just a truly amazing talent to be able to just sit back and, you know, just watch him on a nightly basis. Could not agree more with Mike Trout on that front for Shohei Otani for MVP. I think he's got that locked up. I, I really do. Otani has been that special. I, I also think that David Fletcher, uh, we made the pitch for him before we started it last week. Got to keep it going. The campaign doesn't stop. Try to get David Fletcher a gold glove. Um, I took some heat defending Fletcher the other day just because I was I was defending his offense. And look, his last 100 at-bats, I mean, he has really struggled. His first 100 at-bats uh, struggled to start of this season. He had the long hitting streak in there. No question. 
Uh, but there's, it's been kind of an up and down offensive year for David Fletcher. I just wanted to point out that through all of that, he's still batting 264, and he's going to lead the team in hits for the second straight season. Uh, I know that David Fletcher's on base percentage probably isn't what you want for a leadoff man, at least this year. He has been that in the past. Uh, this season, it's been down. You need him to try to find ways to get on base more, but two big slumps to bookend the season definitely make things tough uh, for David Fletcher. I just think that he brings so much defensively. He does so many little things well. I actually like him hitting either second or ninth in the lineup. I, I kind of like the idea you bring in a true um, it, I, like this club could really use a major league ready leadoff hitting outfielder. Maybe Brandon Marsh is that answer. Maybe it's somebody else. But I, I just think that that is a piece that this club could really use because then you could have David Fletcher as your two guy who does such a good job of making contact and um, he does all those things well to, to move runners in a scoring position. Now you got a guy in scoring position for when you get your power hitters in Trout, Otani, Rendon, all batting at length in your lineup. I think that's good. Or I like David Fletcher, what Joe Madden has used him as this year, as the nine-hole hitter, almost like the Adam Kennedy role as the second leadoff man. Um, I don't think that's a, a bad fit for Fletch either. So I, I think either of those spots could be interesting. Um, yeah, of course, Fletch needs to get on base more to be a true leadoff man at the major league level. But I do think that just kind of the nature of this season has forced that hand a little bit on that front. And what David Fletcher had done in the past came into this season thinking that Fletch uh, maybe is a leadoff man. Maybe he can get back to that. But no, I, I do think that there are ways uh, for David Fletcher to provide a lot of value for you offensively and defensively. His glove has been spectacular. Um, hey, his slugging percentage is not that of power hitters. Hey, you just need Fletch to, to make contact and get on base. The on-base percentage is the one I look at. It's a little bit low uh, for what you want in a leadoff man. But I still think David Fletcher has done a lot of good for this organization both sides of the baseball and the fact that he's led the team and hits two straight seasons is no small thing. All right, that's going to just about do it for us here on the Angels Recap Podcast. We will have our season in review pod next week. We will uh, hear from uh, Joe Madden. We'll hear from Perry Manassian and we will have that for you coming up a week from today. That's going to just about be it for us. Hey, Angels wrap up this season in Texas uh, here the next day or two and then three games in Seattle to close out 2021. Hey, have a great rest of your day. Thanks to Hannah Stang, Howard Drescher, and everybody at AM830 that helps put this thing together. My name is Trent Rush. Thanks for listening. This has been the Angels Recap Podcast.